Bay Hills Community Church is pleased to have you join us as we conclude our series, I Ate Christmas. In today's message titled, Appreciate the Gifts of Christmas, Lead Pastor David Fossil tells part of the Christmas story and asks us to listen like it's the first time you've heard it because we've heard it so much we've lost the awe. Listen as Pastor Dave helps us see the Christmas story from five perspectives and we get some ideas of how to make the story new and exciting again. This lady received an email from a department store, and here's what it said. Dear Mrs. Abbas, our store is considering banning your family um, from shopping with us unless your husband stops his antics. Below is a list of offenses over the past few months, all verified by our surveillance cameras. So they shop at a place, husband's misbehaving himself, they threaten her. You're not going to shop with us anymore, and they list these offenses. Uh, on number one, on August the 12th, he set all the alarm clocks in the housewares to go off at five-minute intervals. <laughs> on September the 7th, he made a trail of apple juice on the floor leading to the restrooms. <laughs> September 15th, he took 24 boxes of condoms and randomly put them in people's carts when they weren't looking. <laughs> That's not nice, but it's very funny. Um, on October the 10th, while handling guns in the de- uh, hunting department, he asked the clerk if he also knew where the antidepressants were. <laughs> November 18th, he hid in a clothing rack, and when people walked by, he yelled, Pick me! Pick me! <laughs> November the 21st, during a loudspeaker announcement, he fell to the ground, assumed a fetal position, and screamed, No, no, it's those voices again! <laughs> and then finally, on December the 3rd, he went into a fitting room or dressing room, He shut the door, waited for a while, and then yelled very loudly, Hey, there's no toilet paper in here. (laughs) You know what? I think we all enjoy giving and receiving gifts, but would you agree that a lot of us don't necessarily enjoy shopping for gifts? In fact, if you have got uh, shopping to do in the next couple days, good luck for you. It's going to be crazy out there. Um, We are continuing and wrapping up our series, our Christmas series called I Ate Christmas. It's just a play on words. And we started out with how to alleviate the loneliness of Christmas, because for some folks, it's uh, this is a difficult time of year. Last week, we talked about how to eliminate barriers or hindrances to Christmas. And today, if you look in your study guide, what we're going to talk about is how to appreciate the gifts of Christmas. Uh, This coming week, if you're going to be with family and friends, you will likely uh, exchange gifts. And that's kind of a fun time. Uh, both receiving and giving. It's, it's a fun time uh, of the Christmas season. But what, what I want to do is not necessarily talk to you about that time. What I'd like to talk to you about is, is the gift that is spoken of in God's word, the gift that is given to each and every one of us. Now, I realize as, as we get started that many of us have heard a lot of what I'm going to share this morning. Maybe you've heard every, everything that we've talked about this morning and we're going to talk about but what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to to, to take go, go into your brain and like an etch-a-sketch, shake it, and at least for the next 20, 25 minutes, listen like it's the first time you've heard it. Because I think part of our problem is that we've heard it so much that we've lost the awe in, uh, about the gift. Um, Paul says it this way, and this is going to be our theme verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he's concluding the chapter, and he says this. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
Um, now, sometimes when I'm doing Bible study, what I'll like to do is I'll like to look at it in various translations. And so I did it for this, this verse, and it's rather interesting. The first one is the New International Version, the one I read to you, the one that's in, that we use here at church normally on Sunday mornings. The next one is NLT, New Living Translation, which is very interesting to read. He says, it says it this way. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. The Amplified Version, now thanks be to God for his gift, precious beyond telling, his indescribable, inexpressible, free gift. Now, right away, one of the things that catches my attention is here you have Paul, the Apostle Paul. He writes about half the New Testament or more. So when he says about any topic, I I don't know how to explain it. I can't come up with the right words. It's inexpressible right away. That should get your attention. Because this is a guy who's good with his words, right? What I want to do is try for the next 15, 20 minutes to unpack what's going on here. What makes it too wonderful for words? What is makes it precious beyond telling or indescribable? So all we're going to do is we're going to look at the gift that, that God gives to us. And we're going to look at it from different angles, from, from five different perspectives. So if you have your study guide, first thing I want to talk to you about is the purpose behind God's gift. The purpose behind his gift. This next week, whether you do, you know, Christmas Eve, which is what I grew up doing in, in Europe, or Christmas Day, which most people do here, uh, whenever you open your gifts, one of the criteria we all use in determining do we like it, do we not like it, is very simply, well, what's its purpose? Or what's its usefulness? Can I use the, what I'm getting, right? So if someone gives me some gloves, I expect that, that gift to keep my hands warm. If someone's giving me a coffee maker, I expect it to make coffee, right? If someone is giving me a CD player, I expect it to play music. If someone's giving me a 49er sweatshirt, I expect it to help me dry my car after I wash it. Every gift is a little bit different. By the way, did you guys notice? (laughs) Terrence just got it. Um, Did you guys notice I said nothing about the Raider Niner game last week? Did you guys notice that? I had like about a dozen people come up to me, mainly Raider fans, all upset that I didn't rub it in. I'm trying to be more pastoral. I'm trying to be kinder to our, to our 49er brothers and sisters. I am. Back to the purpose behind the gift. Can we get, can we get a little serious here? The purpose behind the gift. Um, Paul explains the purpose behind his gift in Romans chapter 6. He says, for the wages of sin is death. Wage is basically like what you get at the end of the month, your check for working. And he says the consequence, the wage, the, the, what you get because you have sin in your life is you get death. Now, there's two kinds of death that we get as a result of this sin. One is explained in Genesis chapter 3. We literally physically die. But here's the thing. Someone could say, well, everyone dies. Whether they're into church or not into church, into Jesus, not into Jesus, everyone gets that consequence, okay? The, the issue is that not everyone has to have the second consequence. Not only is it physical death, but also spiritual death, or better explained, spiritual separation. Because of sin in our life, we have been separated from God. But the solution is the gift that we are given. But the gift of God, the same thing he's talking about in 2 Corinthians 9, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. You get, if you receive this gift, you get to spend eternity forever with God in heaven. And here on earth, you can be reunited in relationship with him. That is the purpose of the gift. Let me ask you a question. Are there some people in, in, in your life uh, that, are, that it's hard to buy gifts for? 
You have people like that, but you maybe you just you don't know what to get them. You don't know what their tastes are, or maybe you do know their tastes and they're really picky, right? Or do you now have someone in your life that they seem to have everything? You just don't even know what to get them. I don't. Even, what do you get for the person that has everything? Well, every year, department stores and the people that are really into marketing, they're trying to figure that out to try and you know get us to buy stuff as much as we can. What do you buy for the person who has everything? Well, one of the hottest. Um, um, items uh, during this Christmas season marketed as the perfect gift for the person who has everything is literally a box of nothing. Let me show you. Let's put it up there. I kid you not. You can get a white box of nothing or a black box of nothing, but you literally open it up and there is nothing inside of it. You can buy this for between 40 and $300. And right now, all the $40 boxes are sold out. You can't buy them anymore. Now, when I hear this kind of thing, I get angry. I do. I get ticked off. Not because I think they're taking advantage of people, only because I didn't come up with it first. I just, the only reason I get upset at this, I'm like, I could have come up with this, right? Now, in all fairness, they're using all the money and they're giving it to charity, you know? And I was like, I could come up with a charity. We could do a building program or my kid's college fund or something. I would have come up with something, you know? I don't care if you're the person who has everything. Young or old, rich or poor, there's one thing that every one of us needs. And it's the gift that God gives with the purpose that you could have a relationship with God. And that you could have eternal life with him in heaven forever. That's a pretty special gift. Another criteria that that we use in evaluating gifts is not just the purpose, is it useful, but the price. The price of a gift. Have you ever exchanged gifts with maybe a friend or family member and you open their gift and immediately you know, oh my goodness, they spent more on me than I spent on them? Have you ever had that? And initially you maybe get a little bit embarrassed or oh my goodness. But then after a while, hopefully you're like, man, I... They would, that was really nice. I mean, they really went out and that, wow, you could just tell this was cost them a little bit of money, right? And it's one of the things we do every year, you know, Good Morning America or different shows. They have the, the craziest, most expensive gifts that you could buy. And I have a list of some of them. Here's one of them for $1,850. You can buy a glowing tablecloth. It literally glows one small problem. The way they get it to go is you have to plug it in and they warn you, make sure you don't spill any drinks on this because it may cause sparks. <laughs> but you can get it for $1,800. Um, or you can go and get your kid a $17,000 diamond pacifier. The kid can't even say diamond, but we're putting it in his mouth. Or you can stay with the jewel idea and you could get this. You can get a, a flash drive for your friends, either sapphires or rubies or emeralds. For $16,500 all the way to $36,900 because you never know when you're going to need to download a document real quick. So you might as well give that away uh, as a gift. Now, I don't like camping, but if Sandy got this and put it up, I think I would go. (laughs) Neiman Marcus Dream Tent. It's got air conditioning. It's got heating. It's got a fridge. It's got couches. It's got a chandelier. Literally, it's got a chandelier. And the whole, all it costs is $75,000, right? I think that's pretty good. Or you could get a book. I, I thought this was rather interesting. I found it humorous. A first edition Darwin book for $60,000 because nothing says happy birthday Jesus than a book about evolution. That's to me, it just, it strikes me as rather strange. Now, this is what I, uh, I wanted to uh, get my soccer team, uh, gold shoelaces. 
And yeah, who buys this stuff? $19,000. This next gift is what I wanted to get the staff. A smart potty. I mean, I'll, I'm going to read to you what the, what, what the smart potty does, right? Um, you get a pre-warmed seat, automatic lid. I'm hoping it's up and down, right? Because that'll make the ladies really happy. Automatic lid. Also, this toilet will give you a thorough medical. <laughs> Sorry. No, not that thorough. Relax. Um, sensors check your weight, your blood pressure, and even it analyzes your urine. I mean, who wouldn't want that for $10,000? That's certainly worth $10,000. Maybe you're not into giving gifts. Why not give a card? All you have to do is give them a gilded Christmas card for $500 each. Each. But of course, it comes with special white silk gloves to be handled by whoever you're giving it to. $500. You've got all these crazy expensive gifts. What makes it even crazier is there's someone out there buying this stuff, right? How much did the gift that God gives cost. Let's go back to that slide and let me show you in Romans chapter three, God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. We talked about in the last verse, the wage of sin, the consequence of sin, the penalty of sin is death. And so the way God structures and creates the universe is that when there is sin, there has to be a consequence and the ultimate consequence has to be death. That's why in the old Testament, there's all these sacrifices but it had to be done over and over and over again. It kind of got cumbersome and, and it kind of got crazy. And so God says, I, I got a better sacrifice. Once and for all, we'll pay the price of sin. The sacrifice of Jesus. People are made right with God. Notice it's not just him paying the price. No, you're made right with God when, in other words, there's something you and I have to do. They believe or they trust or they have faith. Right. They take it, make it their own. That Jesus, in fact, was sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for our sin. About two weeks ago, Sandy um, and Julia are walking our dog around the block. And Julia says to Sandy, she says, that's my 10 year old. She says, you know, this year I want to get I want to get Jessica and Joshua a gift from me. And we thought that's pretty special. You know, she's finally learning. It's not just about getting gifts, but giving gifts. And, you know, she's really tender in, in that respect. And but then she says, to, she says to Sandy, uh, you have to pay for it, but it's going to be for me. And I'm like, I'm so proud of her. She's learning so quickly. And um, so she goes, well, what do you want to get? What do you want to get him? She goes, I don't know what to get Jessica yet, but I know what I want to get Josh. And she goes, it's just, it's just a small gift, just a, just kind of a stocking stuffer gift. She goes, what I want to get him is I want to get him two courtside tickets to the Warriors game. And she says, she says, one of the folding chair ones that are right on the court. That's what I want, right? And Sandy says, you do know how much those cost, right? Those are thousands of dollars, you know? And she's like, well, you can afford that, can't you? <laughs> Well, we can, but we don't want to, you know, by the way, first service, my son was actually here and heard that story. So right after the service, I had to tell him, yeah, that didn't, didn't happen. What, um, <laughs> we took her to, to Walmart and she got you a special gift from Walmart, you know, <laughs> we could afford it, I guess, but we didn't want to. It just didn't seem a wise use of our money. You know, we'll go to some warrior game, but you know, we'll, we'll get some seats and then kind of get down, sneak down a little lower, you know? <laughs> Is it's allowed, right? Um, I can't imagine how that conversation went in heaven around the conference table when they're trying to decide and figure out how do, how do we get mankind eternal life? How do we reconnect them? 
And finally, the decision is made and God, the father speaks up and he says, you know what? We'll spend the price. We'll, we'll pay the price. And I can only imagine a couple of the angels speaking up and going, are you are you sure? You know what it's going to cost. It's going to cost your son's life. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're sure we're in. One of the things that makes this gift so incredible is, is literally not just what we get out of it, the purpose, but the price behind it. The price behind it. Um, and, it and it goes beyond just his death. The, the song we just sang just a moment ago, Here I Come to Worship, there's a line that says, You are the light of the world that stepped down into darkness. Just the fact of him, God choosing to become man, that alone is a huge price. So just the sticker price is a big deal. Uh, another criteria that makes us evaluate gifts is the giver. The giver of a gift. Here's what I mean by this. If you're a basketball fan, right, and Michael Jordan were to give you a gift, literally give you, personally give you a gift, I think that'd be pretty special, don't you think? If you're a lifelong Democrat and Barack Obama gave you a gift, that would be pretty special, right? If you're a teenage girl and Justin Bieber gave you a gift, that'd be pretty cool, right? If, if you're into music and Bono gave you a gift, if you're into home decorating and Martha Stewart gave you a gift, if you're a 49er fan and Joe Montana gave you a gift, I mean, on and on and on. It doesn't matter what the gift is. It could be a mug or a pen or a shirt that doesn't even fit you. But just the fa- you and I, if we got a gift from one of our favorite personalities, we would tell each other. Guess what Michael Jordan gave me for Christmas? What? Sometimes it's not what you get out of it. Sometimes it's not the price. A mug doesn't cost anything. Sometimes it's just the giver. The giver adds value to the gift. So that's why I emphasize one particular word in the verse, and you see it on the screen in 2 Corinthians 9. Thanks be to God for for his indescribable gift. You see, when, when God decides to give this gift, he doesn't just delegate it to the angels and go, yeah, just get them whatever, towels, get them some CD players, just get them whatever. Now, see, when, when he, put, he puts his Christmas list together, what you need to realize is that your name was on that list. It's his gift, personally chosen and personally given to you. It's pretty special. So we talked about the purpose, the price, the giver. The other uh, characteristic is the nature, the nature of the gift. The nature of the gift. I don't know how you guys do it in your family, but in our family, what we do is we kind of give each other a list of stuff that we would like, right? And we know we're not going to get it all, but then the rest of the family can kind of pick and choose what they want to get. And so you know you're sort of going to get that, and you, you always kind of end up getting something you, you like and you want, Right? So one year, Sandy gave me a list, and, and I chose one thing, and it was probably one of the best gifts I've ever given her, okay? What it was was a, was a, a one-year magazine subscription to a magazine called Every Day with Rachel Ray. Every Day with Rachel Ray. And what it is, it's a kind of a cooking magazine that has cool recipes in it. And literally, it was the gift that kept on giving all year round. And what made it so special is not what she got out of it, but what I and the rest of the family got out of it. I was like, this is awesome, right? 
Because every single month she'd get another sucker, or, you know, and she'd look through and she'd find a couple recipes and she'd try them out on us. And more than likely, they were like, this is awesome, right? Every month we would get something from that, right? It was so good. And what I want to point out to you is that the gift that God gives is not just a, okay, you get to cash it in when you get to heaven. Now, if that's all it was, it would still be pretty good. But what you need to understand is that the gift that he gives, not only do you get to cash it in when you get to heaven, but it really is the gift that keeps on giving. In James chapter 1, it says, every good and perfect gift. In other words, there are fringe gifts and there are fringe benefits that comes from accepting and receiving the gift of eternal life. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. So one of the fringe benefits, I'm just, and there's so many, I'm just going to give you a few. There's this thing called peace. I mean, that's what the angels are singing about. I mean, it's a big deal. It's the idea that when life is stressful around you, somehow or another, through his Holy Spirit, he's able to calm you down right here. And the problems don't necessarily go away. But what happens right here in your chest is very, very different than what's happening to your neighbor. Peace. You could say the same thing about joy. The reality is that not all of us have had a year this past year that's that great. There are some people here that have had a very, very difficult years. And, and yet God is able in the midst of a life not being very happy, he's still able to give joy. And, and he's able to give this thing called hope. And then he's also able to give this thing called wisdom and discernment and, and on. And, and I just want to say it really is. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just something you get to enjoy after you're dead and you get to heaven. The nature of the gift that by far more importantly in the purpose and the price and the nature and all these things is the motive for which he gives the gift. The motive for which he gives a gift. You know, it, it is easily the most loved and most well-known verse in the entire Bible. Uh, but John three sixteen, uh, I, you know, I used to see that guy in the, in the, you know, end zone, always lift the sign. I don't see that as much anymore, but everybody seems to know this verse. And I think why it's so well liked is because so quickly and so powerfully it unpacks for us everything about this gift for God. So loved the world. That's the motive. He doesn't do this because he has to. He doesn't do this because he's obligated to. He doesn't. He, he does it simply. His only motive is because he genuinely loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's the price. We just talked about it. That's the sacrifice. That whoever believes in him, has faith in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's the purpose. It's all packed into one. Many of you, you'll send me stories and jokes and things that I can use during messages. I always enjoy reading those and sometimes I'll use them. One of the most inspiring stories that was sent to me was from a magazine. Uh, it was a, a Woman's Day article and it told a story that, is, as far as I could tell, is a true story. Um, but it's a story about a couple that was having their second child. And uh, they had a young boy, his name was Michael, he was three years old. And they got pregnant, they were excited, they were going to have a baby girl. And uh, all along, um, during the pregnancy, three-year-old Michael would go up to mama's tummy and he would, he would talk to and sing to his sister. That was his thing, he would sing to his sister. And uh, so finally the week came, 
when they were going to have the baby, and, and so they had the baby. Um, but everything didn't go as planned. In fact, there was some very, very serious complications during birth, which uh, resulted in the newborn baby girl being in very, very serious trouble. She was immediately flown to the neonatal intensive care unit in Knoxville, Tennessee. And if you've ever seen any kind of intensive unit, it's, you know, you, people got wires and it's, it's not fun. And especially for a little kid, for a baby. And all along while this is happening, the family, you know, kind of went and stayed at a hotel in Knoxville because that's where their child was. Um, little three-year-old Michael said, when can I see my sister? I want to sing to her. And mom and dad would say, well, you know, she's not doing well. And so we'll see. And he kept asking, when can I see my sister? I want to sing to her. And um, finally, the head of, of pediatrics at the hospital came to the couple and he said, it's not good. And I need you. I need you to start preparing for the worst. You know, and I can't even imagine that as someone who's had three, three kids of my own to you know, you do all the special things you do when you're, when you're going to have a kid and you paint the room and you got the crib ready and everything's ready to go. And here you have a family that not only is going to have to disassemble that, but has to now prepare for the more than likely funeral of their infant. The head nurse at one point came to the family and said, it could be within hours. And so finally, at that moment, the mother decided, you know, if it's not now, my three-year-old son's never going to be able to see his sister alive. I'm taking him in. And that wasn't allowed to do because I guess kids aren't supposed to be in the intensive care unit. But mom didn't care. Mom put on one of those big gowns and it was all hanging out. Little Michael, three-year-old, they walked him in. They snuck him in. As soon as they saw him, the head nurse said, he's not allowed. Well, the mother, who was normally very mild-mannered, was basically, stick it. I'm taking him in, you know. If this is the one time. So they took him in and, you know, he kind of peered over and looked, looked at his baby sister. And, uh, of course, he was very taken aback just because of all the tubes and things that were hooked up to her. And, and so mom leaned in and said, it's okay. You go ahead, sing, sing to your sister. You've been wanting to do this. And so little Michael started singing. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. And what caught everyone's attention, mom and the nurses, they knew what to look for on, the, on all the medical equipment. As soon as he started singing, something happened and she started responding and her breathing started going in the right direction and her blood pressure and all the things that they were looking started getting better. And mom said, keep singing, Michael, keep singing. So he kept singing. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. And the more he sang, the more everything started to straighten out on these medical uh, instruments and machines. And before you knew it, the mom and the nurses and Michael were all in this little intensive care unit singing to this baby girl. Literally 24 hours later, that girl improved so greatly they sent her home with her family. The magazine titled that article, The Miracle of a Brother's Love Song. And as interesting, as inspiring as that story is, you know what's more inspiring to me? 
the miracle of our Heavenly Father's love song toward you. One of the things that catches my attention in the Christmas story is the angels. I was thinking about talking about it on Wednesday night, but they're giving messages, they're warning, they're making people aren't afraid. But what catches my attention comes later in the New Testament when it says that the angels don't really understand salvation. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't figure it out because they know what's going on. They don't understand why. Why did they get a second chance? Because you see, they had friends, the fallen angels, and Lucifer and all the fallen angels were never given a second chance. Have you ever thought about that? Why you and not them? And that's why it says that the angels can't figure salvation out. And the only explanation is that. For God so loved you that he was willing to do what you and I would consider impossible. I don't mean to be crass or anything. I don't think I would do it for you. Would you do it for me? I, I, I don't know if I could give up one of my kids for you or vice versa. I mean, that's what makes it so incredible. Again, I realize you've heard a lot of this before. But I think we need to start not just knowing it, but we need to start feeling it again. What do I want you to do about what you've heard? I want you to do one of four things. Let me show you. Let's put it on the screen. If you're not ready to take the step of accepting it, at least think about it and or talk to someone else about it. Right? I I added that onto the slide last night because I realized while I want everybody to do the second bullet point, you may just be showing up here because... You came with a family member and it's Christmas and it's the thing to do. And I'm glad you're here. But this is a big enough deal. You know what? If I'm wrong, you have nothing to lose. But if I'm right about this, it's the single most important decision you will ever make in your life. More important than where you work, more important than who you marry, more important than where you live. It's the single most important decision you will ever make. So at the very least, process it, think about it, talk to whoever you came with. I would hope that some of you choose this Christmas and even today to take it. To accept this gift that God has for you. Someone, uh, again, someone sent me this article out of a, out of a newspaper. It says an Alexander County deputy pulled a car over on I-57 about two miles north of the Missouri state line. When the deputy asked the driver why he was speeding, the driver answered that he was a magician, a juggler, and on his way to Branson, Missouri to do a show that night, and he didn't want to be late. The deputy told the driver he was fascinated and enjoyed juggling, and if the driver would do a little bit of juggling for him, he wouldn't give him a ticket. The driver told the deputy that he had sent all of his gear and equipment on ahead. He didn't have anything to juggle with. So the police officer told him that he had some flares in the trunk of his squad car and asked if he could juggle them. Sure, said the juggler. The deputy got the flares. He lit them and handed them to the juggler who proceeded to put on a show on the side of the road. While the man was doing his juggling, another car pulled in behind the police squad car and an inebriated man got out to watch the performance. Eventually, the drunk went over to the squad car, 
opened the back seat door and got in. The police officer observed him doing this and quickly proceeded to his car. What are you doing? The deputy asked. The drunk replied, you might as well take me to jail because there's no way I can pass that test. (laughs) You know, I I meet so many people that think it's a test. Well, when I get my act together, then I'll do the Jesus thing. When I stop cussing, I'll do the Jesus thing. When I stop drinking and doing drugs, then I'll do the Jesus thing. When I learn the Bible, then I'll do the Jesus thing. When I, um, you know, when I have my answers, uh, uh, my questions answered, then I, you know, it, it's, it's not hoops you got to jump through. That's like cleaning up before you take a bath. I just, if, if you're here and you understand what I'm, explaining to you but you've never received it you've never made it yours you've never said yes to jesus i would say why not today why not today i I realize many of us have already done that at the very least i would hope that we thank god for the gift you know how it is when you give someone a gift it could even just be something fairly small um, but you made an effort and you give someone a gift doesn't it leave you with kind of a kind of an ucky feeling on side when when someone doesn't just say thank you? And you don't give a gift to get it, but and I'm not even saying a card. I'm just saying someone looking you in the eye and say, "That was nice. I appreciate that. Thank you." Make sure you don't do that with God. Make sure you don't do that with him. This is such a big gift. I would encourage you, by the way, it's one of the primary reasons the Bible tells us to do this thing called communion or Lord's Supper on a regular basis, just to continually remind ourselves to say thank you. And I'm going to give you a mo- a mo- in a moment, uh, a couple seconds to just do that and just again say, I just, God, I'm so appreciative. I know I don't deserve it. The last thing, this really is the gift that you can re-gift and, and you should be telling others about it. Let me ask you a question. A classmate, a friend, a coworker, a family member that has not accepted this gift. Can you think of them right now? Just think of at least one person. What are you going to do about it? Because God doesn't have a plan B. You're, you're plan A. And I'm not saying you have to rush out of here and drag them on Wednesday night to Christmas Eve. I'm saying you've got to figure out a way to just express and tell others the difference he's made in your life, the, the difference that gift has made in your life. I, I sincerely hope you guys have a great Christmas. I hope that we see you on, on Wednesday night, but if we don't, have a great Christmas with your family or friends or whatever it is you're doing. And when, um, when you have the, the, the gift opening time, and every family does it different. I've been to families that, you know, it's one at a time. And, and then I've been to other families, it's like, it's like a hurricane in there. And everybody's opening at the same time. It, whatever you want to do. But could I encourage you during the gift time, whenever that is, just pause for a moment. Just pause for a moment in your mind. And you don't have to make it. Just pause for a moment and remember the ultimate gift that you've been given. The gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for so many ways that you've blessed me, that you've blessed us. So many of us have our health and have jobs that we can support our families. We have a 
a warm home at night so that we're not cold. We have a fridge that's stocked with food, and I can't remember the last time I went to bed hungry. I get the privilege of wearing different pairs of shoes throughout the week and throughout the month because I have options. There's just so many good things you've given us. And we genuinely are grateful. As a church, we're grateful that three months ago we were told that we had to move out. And then something happened and we haven't heard back, so we're not calling them. We're just grateful that you've let us stay here just a little bit longer, even if it's just through Christmas. But more than anything else, Father, we pause right now to thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Some of us, and we... We're sorry we've done this. We've been in church so long... And we've heard the stories so often. And we've sung all the songs there are to sing. That we've kind of maybe grown a little numb. We don't want that. We want once again to be re-energized. And excited about what you gave us. We don't want to take it for granted. So this morning... We take a moment to say thank you. Father, in a group this size, there's always at least a few of us that maybe have heard about Jesus. Maybe we even believe in a lot about Jesus, but we've never taken the step to embrace it, to accept it, to take it as our own. As eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you're here today and that's you, But there's something in your gut that says, why not today? I want it now. If that's you, I just want you to pray this simple prayer in your heart to God, knowing that he hears you. Dear God, I believe that your son became man and that we celebrate that at Christmas. I believe that he lived a perfect life and then he died a perfect death, which is what we celebrate at Easter. And he rose from the dead. And because of Jesus, I have salvation and forgiveness. And this morning, Father, I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And I'm going to hold on to Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring him into my life. And from this day forward, let him guide me. God, today, as best as I know how, I say yes to Jesus. As heads are still bowed and eyes are closed... If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I wonder, just for two seconds, three seconds, slip your hand up so I can see it. Just put it up. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see those hands. Anyone else? Slip it up real quick. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see that hand. Very good. Real quick. Father, in the first service, five or six people, and in this service, seven or eight people raised their hand. There may have been more that Father, I'm so grateful that it's not about me seeing a hand, but it's about you seeing a heart. The best gift that we could give you this Christmas is our lives. And a number of people have done that today. Father, for the rest of us, we will commit. We will be reminded again today that it's not a gift to be hoarded. It's 
not a gift to be kept to ourselves. Father, we want to share it with others. Just give us the opportunity. Give us the right words. Give us the right tone. Remind us when to stop. Father, we're so grateful. And more than just celebrating it with family and friends, we celebrate it as a church family. And again, we say thank you for your son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. It's our hope that today's podcast has enriched your life and answered questions you may have had. If you'd like more information about what was said in this podcast or about Bay Hills Community Church, you can reach us on the Internet at www.bayhills.net. Bay Hills, located in El Sobrante, California, is radically committed to reaching the unchurched in the Bay Area and to developing believers into fully devoted followers of Christ. Thanks again for listening.